Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for your word today. Lord, we just thank you that you're just going to speak to us uh, powerfully. Lord, as your Holy Spirit just grabs hold of that word and reveals the truth to us, Lord. Thank you, Father God, for um, righteousness, Lord, and thank you, Father, that's not of ourselves, it's of Jesus Christ who made us whole and made us clean, and his blood that was shed for us has cleansed us from every sin, Father. So we just thank you this morning. We stand not in our own righteousness, but, Lord, in the righteousness of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, who came to fulfill the law, Lord, and came to die as a sacrifice for us, as atonement, Lord, for every person. We just thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, I'll be away next weekend and the weekend after. I'm going on a camp to Larapinta in Alice Springs, which is always really nice. Um, it's one of those places where I go and I see the majesty of God and feel like a dwarf underneath him. I've lost a page somewhere. Well, that's going to be handy, isn't it? I'll just have to make it up. <laughs> Should be able to remember most of it. What I wanted to look at this morning a little bit, because we're going to be going into that series, you know, in a few weeks' time, looking at different types of relationships, our relationship with God, family, friends, non-Christians, um, all those sorts of things. Uh, and what I wanted to do is make sure that when we start entering into that, we will be challenged, there's no doubt about that, about who we are sometimes. You know, we know that... Um, we're loved by Christ and we know that we belong to his family and all those things that we've learnt about just recently and that God has a purpose and plan for our life and part of that plan is for us to live together in unity, to live together in unity. So I think it's really important that we start to look at the relationships because they aren't always fantastic but they're always fixable mostly. Actually, I won't say always because that wouldn't be true but in a majority of the time, when God's involved in the people's hearts, they will be fixed. And um, one of the things that I sort of always think in my mind, you know, with man you can change. Change is possible, there's no doubt. A man can change a bit, can't he? A person. They can change things in their life. But when God's involved, it's inevitable. Because it's not us just trying to do something, but there's a power on the inside of us working to get us to the place we're meant to go. And I looked a little bit at that last week when we are talking about abiding in the vine, you know, where we're connected with Christ, that what's on the inside of us isn't just, you know, a feeling, it's not a philosophy. Inside of us is the living God himself in the Holy Spirit, living inside of us. And he exerts continually a supernatural influence on our life. Now that, to me, is amazing because... That actually changes the way I think about how I can change. It's no longer me that lives, but it's Christ that lives in me. When I give myself over to his control, his influence, that's when things start to change in my life. And I had a great discussion with Isaac this week because we were talking about faith and you know, growing in faith and all those sorts of things. And what came out of that, which is so true, is that God always loves us. God is always for us. He's on our side no matter what. We might think that we're not worthy. We might think that we're not good enough. We might think that the things we've done that day somehow turned God against us. But that isn't true. God is not against any man, actually. What do you mean? Well, he died for everyone, didn't he? He didn't just die for us who receive his love, but he died for everyone. 
But it's when we actually reject the love of God and walk away from it, that's us bringing a judgment on ourselves outside of God. That's if we reject him. But we are Christians. And this morning Mark read a passage in John that said that we were born of God. And that's going to become really important um, in just a little while when we look at a scripture. (laughs) If it's not on my first page, I have to try and remember where it was. But we are born of God. We are born of God. That is really important. We are born of God. We are born of God. God has made us new. What is now living inside of us isn't something that's born of flesh. It's not born of imagination. It's not born of my thinking. It's born of God, the Holy Spirit living inside of me has changed me, transformed me. When I came to God, and and quite often we say, well, you know, receive Jesus in your heart, which is what we do. There's nothing wrong with that. But I just want to put it another way to you today, that when you're a Christian, you are received into the heart of God. Into the heart of God. Think about that. Because it's one thing saying, yeah, I invite Jesus into my life, but the whole point of his death, life, resurrection, everything was actually to bring us into the heart of God where we are starting to live a life that is the kingdom of God operating in this world. We understand that salvation is a full work. It's a work that that is in the past because we know our sins have been forgiven. We know it's in the future because one day we're going to be with him and we're going to be caught up from this world. But salvation is a present thing as well. Every single day, God is working in your life to save you, to save you from sin every single day, to save you from the world every single day, to save you from the influence of the world every single day, to save you from sickness every single day, to save you from mental anguish every single day. That's his plan. Salvation is not just something that happened once and stopped. Salvation is a progressive work in our life. We are being saved, the Bible says. We are being saved. That means that right now I'm being saved. How do I know that? Because I'm not the same as I was yesterday. And yesterday I wasn't the same as I was the day before, but it does take an invitation to God to walk in my life with me. To say, God, I'm going to actually agree to your plan. I'm going to to hook in to what you have for me. So what I wanted to sort of talk about a little bit today was faith. And I think this is one of those words that has been watered down so much over time that that it almost becomes a blob in our life. It's not a, a powerful force anymore. It's something that we know about, but we never really actually use to overcome at times. And I just want to throw a challenge out there to you today. This question... What are you believing for today? What are you believing for today? What was it yesterday in the morning you got up, opened your eyes and said, I'm believing for this today? God, today, this is the challenge that's ahead of me. God, today, this is the challenge that I will overcome by faith. What are you believing for? Because... Faith is not always going to be there. It's not always going to be strong. You can actually let your faith grow weak. 
In Acts chapter 15, sorry, Acts chapter 16, verse 4, like verse 3 and 4, Paul wanted to have him go on with him, and he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews who were in that region, for they all knew that his father was Greek. And as they went through the cities, they delivered to them the, the decrees to keep, which were determined by the apostles and elders at Jerusalem. So the churches were strengthened in faith, in the faith, and increased in number daily. Did you know that your faith, if you do not activate it, will become weak? Did you know your faith, if you do not feed it, will become impotent, it will become useless? It will have no power to it. Now that seems really weird. Now are you saying that we obtain everything by faith, which we do, but I have to actually work to get that faith. Yes, I'm exactly saying that. And it's so important because the Bible says in John, we'll go there, First John, and I'm going to see if I can find this verse. I think I've lost it here. First John 5, verse 4 and 5. Let's go there to 1 John 5, 4 and 5. And it's quite interesting that in that communion message this morning, the word came out that we are born of God. Does everyone understand that? We are born of God. Those who believe in him are born of God. Why is that important? Because this world sort of looks at faith like this. I have a faith. So if I said to you, let's talk about faith, what would you actually think of? Most people would think, well, faith is, are you a Buddhist? Are you a a Muslim? Are you a non-believer? Do you believe in nothing? But what is your faith? But that's not what we're talking about today. And that's what I mean. Sometimes we get so sidetracked from the actual power that is in that word that we start to just relegate it to my faith is Christianity. Well, what does that actually mean? Is your faith activated? Is it powerful? Are you living for God every day? Do you get up? Like I said, do you have a thing? Well, today this is what I'm standing for in faith. I'm depressed, but I'll tell you what, God, I'm going to lock in with you. And I'm going to believe that I'm going to overcome depression. I believe that I'm going to overcome the problems in my workplace. So let's look at 1 John 5, verse 4 and 5. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Did you get that? Who's born of God here? Everyone who's a Christian. This means that Whatever is born of God, you're a whatever, true? If we link that together. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Is that a big statement or what? Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. What does that mean? It overcomes the world system. It overcomes the devil. It overcomes sin. You are an overcomer in that way. And it doesn't mean that you're just, you can do it. You're able to do it sort of thing. This is different. This is where you're taking up a fight and we're going to read on just a little bit further in that verse. You're taking up a fight and the fight you have is not a physical fight with the devil because you're never going to win that. You're never going to win it by yourself. You're never going to win it. Your your fight is not against the the temptations, the fight's not against your addictions, whatever it might be, pornography, food, 
um, going to the pub and alcoholism, whatever it is, some water is needed. <laughs> yeah, I am addicted to water. See, your fight is not against that. That's not your fight. Because as soon as you start to try and deal with that in your flesh, in your own ability, in your own humanness, you are bound to fail. You're bound to fail. What do you mean, Neil? Does that mean that I just put up with those things? No. The reason so many people are trapped is because they have never fought this fight. Let's read on. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, hyphen, our faith. Our faith. Your fight, your only fight is the fight of faith. What is it that can actually connect my faith to God that helps me overcome the world? You see, I'm not going to overcome those things without a power inside of me that is greater than I am to be able to do it. And the good news is that this takes so much pressure off us. The Bible says that we're to labour to enter into the rest. What is the rest? The rest is our faith. It means that I work hard to find out what faith is. I, I activate my faith. I daily start building my faith. And how do I do that? The Bible says these things. Build up your faith by praying in the Holy Ghost. It says faith comes by hearing by the word of, and hearing by the word of God. It's not about us trying to get faith either because inside of us something has been deposited when we believed in Christ. It says each one of us was given the measure of faith. That faith is not of us, it is of God. It's God's gift to us that is given, in our, given to us that we are to grow, that we are to nurture the faith of God inside of us. God's faith, the God kind of faith living inside of us. And this is why it's a rest. In Hebrews, it talks about how God created the world. On the seventh day, he rested. On the seventh day, he rested. And this is what your Christian faith is meant to be like. You enter into that place where you have stopped, you have ceased your own works, and now God is in control. And that's exactly what it says that we have to enter into that place where we cease from our own works and we enter into that place of faith, which is a rest. Why? Because of the one who we are believing on. He is the great one. He is the one who's in the ring with the devil and actually has defeated him. And this is our victory, even our faith. The fight of faith. How am I going to grow my faith? What type, of, what type of faith is this that we have? This is the type of faith that overcomes the world. 
This is the type of faith that overcomes the world. It's a faith that believes for something that we don't have yet. Again, I was talking to Isaac about that and sometimes, you know, we can get in that struggle of, oh, they don't have enough faith because they haven't got something. Have you ever heard someone say that, you know, they're not here because they haven't had enough faith or, or whatever it is? And it's true that our faith must grow. But God said you only need the faith of a mustard seed which has been deposited in us and you can move a mountain and we're going to look at that soon. But the fact of the matter is, if I've got something, I actually don't need faith for it. Is that true? If I actually have something already, I don't need faith for it. But faith is taking hold of what is to come. It's, it's taking hold of the things that are unseen and bringing them into the reality that we are now. The only example I could sort of think of, and I think it's always really weak because faith is so much stronger than this, but it's like when I'm saving up. I want to buy a brand new car. I've saved up my money and I've got enough money to buy that car. That's like my faith. It's been a deposit in my life because I've taken the time to build it up, keep my mind on the Word of God, His promises, and that cash represents the car that I don't have. But I know at any second, as long as that car's there, I can walk out and I can buy that car like that. And suddenly I've received it. And guess what? I don't need that cash anymore because the faith has now been fulfilled. Does that make sense? You can't stand in faith for something you already have because you've already got it. But faith is actually a present thing that we are living in day by day, hoping, expecting the future outcome. Expecting that God will do something. Expecting that God will change something and bring it into our reality. And so we go, well, how do I get this type of faith? How do I get it? We do it by living a daily walk of faith. And that's why that, that uh, question I asked you is out there this morning. What are you believing for? How do you expect to be strong in faith if you're not practicing your faith? It's like all of a sudden an attack comes or there's problems in your life and it's like you're in the battle but you're doing your homework. It's like, how am I going to deal with this? I better hurry up and do my homework because the teacher's coming. It's like while the teacher's walking around the classroom, oh, the panic. You're not going to do it properly. You're not going to be built up. You're not going to give good answers. Your faith walk must be a daily walk. Yes, it's a gift from God. Nothing is of ourself. But he does say that we have to grow those things that are in our life. It talks about people who are weak in faith. It talks about people who are strong in faith. It talks about a soldier, a Roman centurion, who says, I haven't seen such greater faith in all of Israel. He believed in God. Now, there's some people, honestly, who can just come and they just believe straight away. They're connected to God some way and they can just believe for stuff. But we are meant to be walking a daily walk that grows our faith, a faith that can allow us to overcome. Mark 
was up here this morning doing communion. He says, how do I know that God loves me? Well, the Bible tells me so. Think about that. How do I know that God's healed me? The Bible tells me so. How do I know that God's forgiven me? The Bible tells me so. Now there is a witness that is from the Holy Spirit in our life as well. The day that we commit ourselves to God, there's a witness. The Holy Spirit, God living inside of us, that is a witness to that word and and when those two combine, it's so powerful. The Spirit and the Word. And you might think, well, I've just got the Holy Spirit, that's all I need. It's true in a way. But the Holy Spirit empowers that Word of God and brings it alive inside of us. Do you understand? This is all of ourselves. Not of ourselves, I beg your pardon. This is all of God. The only understanding that you can get of the Scripture, really, the only revelation is because God reveals it to you. The Holy Spirit has joined with our spirit. That's why we know that we are the sons of God. What's the son of God? Someone who has been born of God. Who is he who is born of God? He's the one who overcomes the world. It's all of God. You see, you're not amazing. You don't get a revelation from the word of God because you understand it humanly, because you've read it and in your amazing mind, suddenly the revelation hits you. You don't get it that way. You get the revelation because you've received Christ, you've received the Holy Spirit living in your life, you're not quenching him and you're not grieving him and you're allowing him to work in your life and when you read the word of God, suddenly it gets transformed. It gets transformed into something living. It gets transformed into something powerful. It's alive and it's powerful. And it's sharp. And it starts to change your life. You see, I can study this book and there are those that do it. There's universities that have uh, professors and historians that will study the Bible backwards and forwards and, and they'll know every detail of the Bible. They've never received God and it never comes alive until that day sometime when the Holy Spirit does work on their life and brings it to life. You see, you're only saved because God saved you. The only reason that you're saved is because God gave you the faith to be saved. What? Yeah, God gave you that faith. He did. God gave you that faith. You acted on that faith. You believed, you received God and he came into your life. And that seed is in you. And we could easily say, well, we don't need the Bible. We don't need to pray. We don't need to be obedient to God. But there's a whole difference between living in a kingdom and being an overcomer, isn't there? I can be in a place but not enjoy the benefits. I could be in a family but not enjoy a family life. Think about this, the prodigal son again. He became very unsure of what his father thought about him, didn't he? How do I know he became unsure? Because when he was in that far-off land feeding the pigs, a thought came to him and he said, you know what, 
I'm going to go back to see my dad and I'm just going to hope, I'm going to beg him that maybe he'll let me back into the, fam- into the family home, but not as a son, as a servant. Maybe he'll let me in and I can actually serve him. I can be a servant to him and, and that way I'll be at least fed. What was the father's response when he came back? Show love. Welcome back. You're not a servant. You're my son. Do you know all the things that you thought you didn't have when you were away, you actually had them. You had my love. You had my benefits. You had my authority. You had everything. All of this stuff that belonged to me actually was yours even when you were in that far off land. So that son didn't walk in the sonship. He'd walked out of it. He'd allowed his faith to become dead because he'd walked away from God. And that's the same with us. You know, we can be in the family of God. Absolutely. You can go and do whatever you want if you're saved. Be careful. It could be possible to lose that. I'd say it'd be very hard, but be careful. But you can do a whole lot of things that are disappointing to God. You're living in the far off land. You're not, not in his presence. You're not loving him. You're not spending time with him. And what will happen is that your life will deteriorate, not because God's punishing you. Was God punishing the, or the father in that story punishing the prodigal son? Not at all. The father was loving him. The whole time he was loving him. He wasn't punishing him, but was he in a bad place? Yes, he was. He wasn't living in that sonship. And if we don't get to that point where we're saying, I am going to grow in this faith, I'm going to make sure that I walk in his love, that is exactly where we're going to find ourselves as Christians. We're going to be weak. We're going to be feeble. Our faith is going to be absolutely useless. We'll be looking for the scraps from the pigs to eat. And that's not what we're meant to be as sons and daughters of the Most High God because we are in his kingdom and we are meant to be enjoying the benefits of, those, of his kingdom. What are they? Read the word. Just as Mark was saying, I know that God loves me because it says in his word, but he also knows it because on the inside he feels God working. He feels that Holy Spirit confirming that word to him and he's going, wow, God loves me and the Holy Spirit's going, Yeah, God loves me. And they're combining and they're showing him fully how much God loves him. The Word and the Spirit agreeing on on things. And you'll find that in your life sometimes. You'll just know something and then you'll read it in the Word and you go, I knew that. But at other times you'll read it in the Word and your spirit will go, that's right. I didn't know that, but that's right. The Word and the Spirit agreeing. And so it is possible that we can grow weak in faith. We really can. It's definitely possible because in Acts 15 we hear the the story about the apostles going around and strengthening their faith because that's the fight they're in, the fight of faith. And I think half, half the time, maybe more than half the time, our problem is that we're focusing on what we are fighting And we start fighting that problem instead of fighting the fight of faith. 
Does that make sense? We're trying to get a victory through our own strength, fighting that problem instead of drawing back from the problem and drawing into God and letting him deal with that problem. Letting him give us those benefits of the kingdom. And how important is that faith? You know, Jesus was praying for Peter once. Because what he said was, you know, Satan has come and he desires to sift you like wheat. Jesus didn't say, so what I've done is I've... uh, I've told Satan to not come around at all. You're not to come around, Peter. He didn't say you're not allowed to be there. He said, but I have been praying for you so that your faith remains strong. been praying for you so your faith remains strong and doesn't fail. And that is a key to our life, to keep that faith strong. Because if your faith is not strong when the devil comes around, you're going to crumble. But when you build that faith up, when you keep building it and he comes around, you're going to know that the word of, what the Word of God says. And not only that, you're going to believe it. There's another story where Paul um, was preaching and he saw a lame man that he was preaching to and, and he looked at him and it says he gazed intently upon him and he saw that that man had faith to be healed. How can you see that? It's also possible then that he could have looked at him and said, it's not going to happen today. But the word of God had brought faith to such a level where he could overcome the infirmity that was in him. And Paul looked and pulled him up and he walked. And so Jesus is praying for us today. You know that, don't you? It says that he's praying to the Father for us. And I'd imagine that prayer is probably similar in a lot of ways. Father, keep their faith strong. Father, keep their faith strong. I want, to, I want to pray for them that their faith would remain strong so that when troubles come, they know they can overcome them and they can defeat the enemy. And just as a little word of encouragement, I'm going to finish here even though there's a fair bit more there. Just don't give up. You know, Satan will try to attack you at two really crucial stages. Like, I think if you look at the Proverbs of the seed and the sower, what is it when he threw the seed on the path? It says that was Satan coming immediately for the word and he stole it. Quite often at the beginning of something, when God's birthing something in your life, Satan's there to rip it out straight away. He wants to take it. You're like, well, I I just, man... I think that was God speaking to me. No, that wasn't God. God couldn't say that to you. You couldn't do that. You know, oh, but look at all the problems ahead. There's this, that, now that we've got to put in place and, and Satan comes immediately and takes it and you never see the fruit. Now the time is just before breakthrough. How many people often say it's darkest just before the dawn, just before you receive what God has for you. It just seems so dark and you're like, can this be possible? Can this be true? And so many people will give up then. They'll say, oh, well, it doesn't matter. 
just want to encourage you, push on in your faith. If it's dark, push on. If you think, is this promise ever coming? Keep going. The enduring faith that we need, keep going. And remember that it really is our faith in God. It's him in us, his faith working in us to accomplish his purposes in this world. And the good thing is that anyone who is born of God overcomes the world. And you might think you can't, but you're wrong. How do I know that? I read it in the Bible. (laughs) Did you know that? Would your faith have been strong enough to say, well, we can overcome the world? Or would it be, oh, this world's so dark, it's going to attack us, we're going to fall underneath the power of the world and Satan's so strong and the darkness is so dark, I don't know how we can shine anymore. We're just going to fizzle out and become the church of nothingness. Because you didn't read that word of God which says, he who is born of God will overcome the world. Faith. Because the word says, and, and my... My spirit, which is attached to the Holy Spirit, he's joined to the Holy Spirit. His Holy Spirit, joined to my spirit, tells me that I'm a son of God. If I'm a son of God, then I am equal, not equal with Jesus, but equal in the inheritance that Jesus has. Equal in the inheritance that Jesus has. Think about it. Because it's a pretty good inheritance. Today, if we get the musicians come up, I won't go any further. Isaac's going to be sort of talking a little bit more about this type of stuff next week. Because by the time we hit relationships, you're going to be so confident. And this is where we need to make sure we do our own personal walk of faith. Because we don't want to have church faith. So... During the week, when a problem comes up, you you don't want to be saying, in the name of Jesus of Sunday, of the faith that is there on Sunday, I command whatever, I ask, whatever it is. You don't want that to be your faith, do you? You want it to be a faith that you are building, you are growing. And I've said it before, and I'll say it many more times, I'm sure, before I die, that I can't live your faith for you. I can't grow your faith I can't read the Bible for you. I can't pray for you. You understand in all that I can. I just read the Bible today for you, obviously, and I prayed for you, obviously. But you understand what I'm saying. I cannot engage in your battles because they're your battles. And the Bible says that we have to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. That there's an effort on our behalf that needs to take place. I can't rely on the conference that I went to last year to be my faith for today. It's just not going to work. Because sometimes we get that sort of faith, don't we? We get excited and built up and, and it's all good and we can do anything because, you know, the speaker said we can and we love it and we cheer and clap and we go out. We never read our Bible again for three or four months. We never pray and our faith suddenly becomes weak and shallow. We still have it. but you are not going to overcome if you don't grow it. Yes, we're born of God, but everything that's born has to grow. And even if you look back to that seed, the mustard seed that that Jesus talks about, if you had this faith, the faith of a mustard seed, but then he talks about the tree 
referring it to the kingdom of God, that it's like a little seed planted in the ground and becomes the greatest of all herbs. There's growth that takes place. The kingdom of God should be growing in your life. You shouldn't be the same as you were yesterday. You should have more victories today than you did yesterday because the kingdom of God is being established in your life. It has to be that way. Our fight is the fight of faith. Get to know your God. Get to believe your God. That's your fight. And I always marvel at that verse that says, labour to enter into the rest. I'm thinking, but is it not of works? No, it's not. It's of relationship. You understand what I'm saying? It's not the works that you do. My praying doesn't give me faith. I have to word this so you understand. I don't pray so that God is approved of me. I don't read the word of God so he's approving of me. He already does. You understand that? God already approves of me because he sent his son to die for me and he has accounted Jesus' righteousness to me. Thank goodness, because every day I'd fail if he didn't. So when I pray and read, and this is why I think sometimes Christians struggle with this, is they're reading the word of God and they're praying to gain God's approval. They're saying, if I do this, then God will move. No, and I'll get faith. Your faith grows, yes. But I will read the word of God and I will pray because I have faith. It's totally different. It becomes not a work. It becomes an act of faith. Does that even make sense to anyone? I do it because I have faith. I don't do it to get his approval and and get that faith. Okay, you understand that. All right. And this morning as as the musicians pray, what I want to do is there might be someone out there who struggles with something or has never really invited God into their life to take part in what they're struggling with. And you're trying to overcome just because you want to, you're trying to overcome in your own strength, you're trying to battle that, that thing, whatever it is. And what I want to do is, let's all stand. I won't invite people up the front, but I just want you to be honest with yourself. If that's you, I'm going to pray a prayer in a minute that you can pray along with me to just give who you are to him and let him work in your life. Now, there might be someone else who this morning, you are actually like, wow, I actually don't even know God at all. I've come to church a lot of times, but I've never said, God, come into my life. And also give that opportunity that I'll pray that prayer, the most powerful prayer you'll ever pray, the, the prayer that translates you from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. We're going to pray that prayer, and you can pray along too. And ask him into your life, because the problem that you face is not going to be solved until you do that. To be honest with you. It's just not going to be solved until you do that. You'll struggle and struggle and struggle. you never see his salvation the way it's meant to be. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you that it's you that works in us. It's you that gives us faith. And, and Lord, you give us the power to change. And you give us the power to change circumstances through faith. Lord, as we come up to the the months ahead, 
We know that you're going to be asking a lot of us. But Lord, one thing is so important. You said to us that he who is born of God, the whatever, she, he, whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Our faith. Our faith overcomes the world. And Lord, we just want to pray this morning, Lord, that the problems, the difficulties, the big things in our life that, Lord, seem immovable, we just ask right now that you would move them, Father. Lord, we just ask that you would just help us to continue to believe in your righteousness, to believe in your power, to believe in your love for us. Father, we're sorry if we've tried to do things in our own strength. It's such a frustration and it's so hard and we need you. Lord, help us to rely on you more, Lord, to just trust that you are the one working. You are the one moving. You are the one who gives power. Just for anyone who just feels that they need to ask God into their life this morning, I just pray with you. Father, thank you for your son, Jesus. Thank you for that death on the cross that actually gave us a point where we can remember that our sins are forgiven if we accept Christ in. Father, forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of living a life outside of you. I want to come into those arms of love. Father, I just pray right now that you'd accept me in. And Lord, I accept you into my life. Forgive me of my sin. Cleanse me from everything that I've done wrong. And Lord, even just not living for you, forgive me in Jesus' name. Come into my life now. I thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I'd love it if you'd speak to the friend you came with this morning or a family member or me. That's good to just come and talk to me. Maybe if you're sick and you've been hanging on, waiting for healing, come up again. We'll pray again. You know, God wants to heal. I'm so certain of it. I could not see anywhere in that New Testament. In fact, it talks about being bound by the devil. Even when Paul handed someone over, he says, I hand him over to Satan that his flesh might be destroyed. And hand him over to God that his flesh might be destroyed. He said, I gave to give life and life in all its fullness. In Peter it says, by Jesus' stripes, you were healed. Part of the salvation of the cross, the sozo, is healing, wholeness, wellness. This is a covenant that we walk in now where God is for us and he, and he loves to heal us. He saved us body, spirit and soul. And he wants that for us. So if you're sick and you want some prayer, come forward. We'll pray for you. I don't care how long it takes because faith, when it's realized, will just be such a relief. But we need faith now to believe. And we'll keep on believing until we get what God promised.